Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Joining me today is... Beth Mantle. Hey, y'all. And... Dave Clark, what's up? <laughs> I love this. I love it. I'm going to be tickled pink every single time I do this intro. But uh, yeah, so it's been a very, very uh, happening week. Lots of news and events, and there was a game. I need a nap. So much to talk about. I feel like I'm perpetually playing catch up. Uh, I had to get my post game pontification story filed before we did this in order just to give me some clarity on all the other things I have to do. But uh, we're going to start with, well, we'll start, we'll go chronological order. Does that sound good? That makes the most sense. I think that's how my okay. brain has filed away this week. So Okay. I think that makes the most sense. So we'll yeah. start with the release of the Legacy Green, Legacy Green? Is that what they're yes. calling it? Legacy Green jersey. It's uh, another, it's the primary kit. Uh, it will be, I think, I think this is an improvement, a marked improvement, at least over the last two. I'm trying to remember, I guess the one before that was the, uh, the blue sleeve and the fish hooks, fish hook S. Uh, I don't know if this is better than that one, but I don't know. I, I, I thought I, I liked the Jersey. Yeah. I thought I, I liked the Jersey a lot. It didn't look as good as I thought it was going to during the game though. Oh, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like the ones that we didn't like the past few seasons, at least on the pitch, they were like, they look, fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. This one in on the pitch, it's still very in your face. And I haven't decided if I like that or not. Yeah. I, I think I know what you mean there. I, the other ones totally sort of blended in because they had sort of mild, they, like their uh, embellishments were pretty mild. I think they were all like vaguely different shades of green. So like right. when you, get that far enough away from you it just looks like a green shirt Mm -hmm. but this one yeah there's no getting away from the pattern there is no getting away from the pattern i would say more more the blue is more prominent in this jersey than probably any other jersey right dave yeah looking back um well obviously then the second jersey from 2009 but yeah. Okay. The, yes. The other group. than the actual blue jersey, that the only yeah. real Sounders blue jersey they've ever had. Wasn't Pacific blue pretty blue as well? It was, but it was a different. It wasn't the same blue. Different blue. Okay. Yeah. That was. That's like not on their palette blue. Okay. It yeah, was Pacific weird, blue. They did the cyan for blues, and then they've had the uh, right. The various uh, um, what what are they called? Parlay kits that made more sense for them than anybody else. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, of the blues, uh, yeah, maybe the one with the weird underarm stripes 
which was the might first one. Yeah, it might technically have more more blue in it, but uh, they were in a spot where you don't really see them because right. they were under the arms. Whereas this is uh, little splashes of blue all over the chest. So it, it's good. Like it's great to see blue because it's it's kind of been a forgotten color, even more so than than the Cascade Shale. They've done less with the blue. Um, yeah. Outside of training, uh, you know, it's been their training top for so much, and it's nice to see it see it brought back. I, I know there's also some shade differences on the blue. It's uh, it's had some weird shifts in uh, shade over time. Uh, so it, it's interesting to see it so so prominent, uh, particularly considering everything they're going to do to connect uh, towards their past. And I thought it, it had this jersey had a good story. Like that's always, you know, those are some oftentimes uh, marketing gibberish. But I thought I they think, did a. I think this story kind of doesn't hold up to what they did with the Jimi Hendrix kit. And that's not yes. their fault, but it also is kind of underwhelming. I like, I don't know what the story is. I could probably read this, this little release that they did well, and figure it out. But like, I don't really know what the story is. I'm just kind of like looking at it and that's fine for this jersey, I think. But also the club is trying to sell me on this, this pattern being a striking splash of interconnected blue diamonds. Those are squares. <laughs> those are not diamonds. Those are squares. And as much as you tell me that they're diamonds, I will not believe you because that is squares and it's a checkerboard. Well, they're not even quite checkerboard, right? There's space between all of them, which is part of, uh, you know, as part of the, when you talk about the story failure, there's the reference to the TIFO in uh, the 2019 MLS Cup. And I'm like, uh, inspired by yes, mimicking no. What, what I also thought was funny is I don't think they explicitly, so they used the imagery of that TIFO in the video and we were sort of led to believe that that was the inspiration, but the marketing copy, I don't think made any mention of the TIFO, did it? Yeah. It's no. not in, it's not in this thing I'm reading right now. So I don't Which know. I, Maybe was... I feel like it might've been an afterthought that somebody was like, Oh wait, that looks like the TIFO from the 2019 MLS cup. And they were like, huh? Sure. Does. Oh, yeah, we should use that. that. They'll eat that up. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, what they did do really well though, with the, the marketing copy and, and the story one, it's rave green, and that's been such a striking identity, 2009 to the present, which is great. Centering the fans is always successful, even if it, you know, even if it's just marketing copy. Anytime you can use Brian Schmetzer talking about the connection between the fans and the players as the club, Gold. you're going to have a I win. I that up every time. I've yeah. heard him say that so many times and every time I'm like, oh, wow, he is really on to something like this is a great line. And when it's him, you know, it's it, it's it's true and authentic and it's what he feels like. Uh, so that part was great. And then uh, I really like the little nugget, the 74 in the bottom. That's um, the best part of it, I think. Yeah. If that's the only legacy element that is genuinely on the kit, it's a great one using a font where it can be 74 whether you're looking down at it or it's on the hanger in front of you is just brilliant. Yeah. That's definitely the coolest part. I think there's only one other element aside from that drop tag and the checkerboard pattern. And it's a neck transfer that features waves of progress. Well, so I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. No, I don't. I think that's nonsense, but, but <laughs> what I thought I just realized something that what I think is funny is that waves 
are a traditional element of the Sounders branding from like all the way back in 1974. But what's funny is that the, I don't think they, the waves they used on that neck tag are evocative in any way really of the traditional Sounders wave, which has, they look like flags that you would see in ECS. And I think that would be a better explanation. If you tied the checkerboard to the flags, you could be like, Uh look, supporters, but that doesn't seem to be what they're doing. So yeah, I'm a bit confused by the kit, but I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it it either. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks, I think it looks great. Um, I don't, I, I, we have some legitimate gripes maybe with the, a specific ad copy. I thought that the story broadly worked, but maybe they fumbled the, the actual copy on it, but whatever. Uh, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I like that the Sounders are going to go with something uh, different looking. Like, I don't think I've seen this particular look on any team. Uh, I'm curious if they'll ever wear it with green shorts, which I didn't realize had been sort of uh, sidelined. They hadn't, the, the last picture I could find of green shorts with green tops were from, uh mls is back back in way back in 2020 yeah they've basically been a a a green blue green has been uh has developed into the standard yes the green socks and to me that's great Um, it's a better look i just i for some reason i've always liked the idea of the all green and maybe blue socks I don't think it looks good, but I kind of like the idea that they have it in their bag for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think it would work with this jersey. I think Maybe with a more plain green jerseys, the all green work would look like a monochrome vibe. But I think with the blue, you kind of have to tie it in somewhere else. Maybe. As, as I get older, the mono green, rave green on the artificial turf is something that my Fair. eyes object to. So um, I say this as the elder statesman of the Sounder Heart group. Um, well, and that might be a legitimate. Yeah. I know. I know. In Europe, they they stopped allowing green, or in Italy, they stopped allowing green jerseys. Period, because of the way that uh, they interfered with broadcast uh, stuff. Yeah, I don't think they need to go that far. But I, I you know, if, as long as you've got things like some color differentiation, some piping, some uh, different colored shorts. Yeah. Um, to me, that works well enough. It, it's funny, like you can you talk about the story and how it was fumbled. The Revolution have an extraordinary story, and then you look at their kit and you're like, "What? It, it's like that's not the Freedom Trail, right? Yeah, that's, that was uh, that was weird. That's some weird blue checkerboard. Yeah, and it's like a soft checkerboard. And there's a lot. Of, like, actually, I thought there was a lot of bad jerseys this year. Uh, a lot of solid dark colors, which are that present visually at least as solid dark colors. Um, these are a silly thing to care about, but for some reason today, when more of them came out, I was just like, oh, I, I like Montreal's. Montreal. Is that the, like weird marble? marble oh yeah. no, yeah, that is that so look. 2016 though. Like so 2016, everything was marble. Phone cases, nails, <laughs> clothes, granite the- itself. The other one that I love is uh, NYCFC. Um, That'll get the most attention for sure. Because to me, it reminds me of the uh, the Back to the Future night from, oh, I want to say that was 1995. MLB did a Back to the Future and what would jerseys look like <laughs> 40 years in the future kind of thing. 
I do remember I, this. I don't remember if it was 1995, but I definitely remember the the jersey. I remember the the vague styling of those jerseys. Uh, yeah, and New York City has that vibe to it, so it's it's hilarious. All right, um, 90s are it, very it, in right now. It's that retro future kind of look. Yeah, yeah, and no, yes, our youth, Jeremiah, is retro. Yes, wow. I know, I know, I know. Uh, we won't talk about it, but the Super Bowl was very much marketing to my uh, my youth this year. Uh, so that led us into that was that came out on on what Tuesday? Tuesday, and then Wednesday the big announcement that the Sounders have been teasing uh, through the media really uh, all this time dropped, and I think listeners of this podcast and readers of our website will not be we're not surprised to learn that the big news was that the centers are opening a training facility at long acres uh the long acres property in renton it most recently was the boeing headquarter commercial airline headquarters and then before that uh as recently as 1993 i believe it was the long acres racetrack and you can actually still see from the aerial view you can still see parts of the racetrack uh, in the layout of the of the property, but uh, big big news. I mean, this is this is. I, I wrote about this in 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 my story, and I think this scratches that itch that the Sounders have long had of wanting like a home of their own, and this will be a place that the Sounders can own and they can make their they can make it all Sounders. They can have all their own branding. They can. You, you will pull into Long Sounders FC Center at Long Acres, which that won't be the name by the time it opens, I guarantee it. But we'll call it that for now. And it will scream, this is a place for Sounders fans. And that's not something that we get really anywhere else. Uh, you go to Starfire and yes, it says home of the Sounders, but it's very obviously a public facility with multiple uses. You go to Lumen Field and if you're in your seats and you're paying attention, it feels like a Sounders game but there is a lot of Seahawks branding all around it. And it, you're never really under any confusion that it's a, that it's that the Sounders are in someone else's uh, facility. This on the other hand will be their home. It is going to be gorgeous. It's going to be uh, state of the art and it's going to feel like a big league home. I think I'm, I, I was and even without, almost any work that they were able to like, they, they were only able to dress it up for like the week before. I thought they did a great job of, of turning that into like what felt like something big and, and it was going to be impressive. They, they got a lot of memorabilia. They filled trophy cases. It, I was impressed. I came away impressed. They put up two amazing scarves and 100 other ones. Yeah, exactly. There was, and I will note, the very first Sounder at Heart scarf, which is where the phrase no Sadietis came from, is in the top left-hand corner, which tells me that was the first scarf that they put on. And then down towards the bottom, which is one of the means it wasn't one of the last scarves maybe they put on, another Sounder at Heart scarf, the enemy is goals down, I believe was that scarf. And yeah. that was the second scarf that Sounder at Heart ever put out. I thought that was pretty cool. Like I, that, I noticed that right away and I was thrilled. I mean, I think it means that we need to make another Sounder Heart scarf. Well, and I think that's where this is going, right? Sure. Can sure. we get another scarf? I don't know. Do people want another scarf? I mean, I kind of want another scarf. Do you? Oh, I can well. put it in my pile of scarves in the corner of my room that I don't right. look at. It, it's but I been, love that. What, like there. 
seven years, I want to say, Jeremiah, since uh, you and I spent uh, a very long day at your house packing. Dude, that was 2011, shipping. my friend. Was that? The, well, that was the That was 11. One. Oh, well, even I think the we second did one, three straight years. You're right. We did three years in a row. Yeah. So 20, it's been eight years. Yeah. So that, that might be a long enough break to to do it. Since but, you're, uh, are you saying since the last one we did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe been eight years since the last time we did one. Did the Sounders do a membership scarf this year? Yes, there's scarf pickup at the first home game of the MLS season. You oh. can also sign up to hang out for a, an exclusive event uh, that's like a pre-match party that's like five hours before the game as well. But they're they're doing it that you pick it up at the stadium for the vast majority of fans. Um, it's a it's a different twist since it's the only thing that they would ship. Uh, I kind of get it, um, but also crowding is going to be weird. Um, well, I wasn't intending to talk about this, but since we're here, I may as well bring it up. How do you guys feel? Like, because I have mixed emotions about the. Sounders not sending anything physical out to sales and ticket holders. And I'll say this straight up. I found the uh, boxes to be nice when I had received them. And they were really, ex- I actually kind of found it exciting when you get this physical box and there would be stuff inside it. And, but I also recognize that it ended up being trash kind of for me. Like it, it, like I, I found it and I kept it and it's still sitting around in my house. And I just went through a basement clean out and I realized I should throw a lot of this stuff away. And so part of me is actually finding it good. Like part, I have mixed emotions about this. On one hand, I like that physical, uh, like physical embodiment of them, their appreciation for me being a season ticket holder. But on the other hand, I don't need more garbage. Do you just want more attention? Is that what this is? Yeah, I guess that's part of it. I want to feel I want to feel appreciated for my patronage. Yeah, like it I was. Get that. It, I'm like you. It was great that day, and and maybe a few days afterwards, and then you're like, okay, I don't need this in the living room or the office anymore. Right. It's in the closet, and then you do a closet purge, and you're like, it's in the garage, and then you're like, why do I still have the 2013 mm-hmm. green box? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with it? And like you, um, I totally understand the decision because I don't need more waste. And so for, from that aspect, it's great. Frankly, I'd, I'd be cool if they, they dropped the boxes um, only in championship years. Yeah. Like send me the box Just then because I the love ring. that the ring or yeah. whatever they give you know, mini trophy, whatever it is. Um, the, uh, I really dug the year that we got the photo book. I'm in that. Yeah. So do that. But if it's literally just going to be a scarf and one piece of paper that says, thank you, I don't need a, I don't need a fancy box. I would love a cool postcard. If they wanted to send me a cool postcard, I would take it. Yeah. I don't think it's actually an issue. I just think it's like, do we want some more fun stuff? Yeah, I'm never going to turn down fun stuff. Yeah. But it's not an actual problem. Throw it in one of those bubble envelopes. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I... So so back to the back to the the issue at hand is Long Acres and it, and I thought I thought they did a good job of illustrating what it could be while acknowledging that 
it's still sort of being planned. But I, I like a lot of the concepts behind it. I like the idea of there being public spaces there, but it not necessarily being totally open to the public. Like I understand that balance. Uh, I'm a, I really hope though that they have some sort of permanent, like uh, 365 sort of like access uh, element, like whether it be a museum or whether it be a pro shop or maybe both those things or a restaurant. Like, I hope there are elements of this that um, maybe aren't explicitly part of like watching training, but just being a place that Sounders fans can go and, and see sound and like feel like the, the whole vibe. Uh, Is Freddie Montero trying to open a new location of Santa? That could be a good place for it. I, you know, I agree. Uh, uh, My idea. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. No, go ahead. We were both going to go with a my idea. I'd love to see kind of uh, what Cafe Press was. That yeah. kind of Euro bistro, Great idea. light wine, light, you know, beer, light food. A soccer game is always on TV. But also, you know, the cafe walk up kind of thing. Um, that corner of uh, of Renton is basically warehouses and um, light manufacturing. So there's not really, there might be like a, one of those uh, warehouse delis, like the, the small sandwich shop mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is part of a warehouse building in that area. But it's really kind of bereft of anything unless you go east towards where Odin Brewing used to be. Um, all those hotels that are along, um, not the Oaksdale side, but the other side. I think that's. Uh, they call that a food desert. Yeah, it, it is. And if yeah. there's going to be 3,000 housing units there, um, obviously, you know, Unico is, Unico is going to put something restauranty in the other buildings. But I think the Sounders should jump on it because we just need more gathering spaces. It's something that um, we as Seattleites have lacked for two years. <laughs> so, you know, um, I'd love to have a spot to just be like, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee, talk about the Sounders, grab the, the latest scarf, um, look at the uh, Washington Legends of Soccer, you know, mini display, that kind of stuff. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, uh, I actually just got off the phone with Frank McDonald, who I think is the, the head of Washington State Legends of Soccer, which is basically the soccer museum of washington soccer and he was you know he he certainly is not in a position to say anything is happening but he he seemed to think there are some encouraging uh conversations between the sounders and their organization about setting something up who knows what that will be but uh they were off to a good start i thought they had a great the the trophy case was was great i don't remember if those were all the same trophies that were in the 90 it felt like there were more of them. Uh, I don't Have remember seeing like having hiding trophies in the closet for a decent se- many years. Yeah. It <laughs> like, seems where did like these it. come from? Oh well, like, yeah. I don't know. The 90 only had MLS era trophies. That's and okay. I, um, I think at Lumen, they had some of the USL era trophies. Um, well, yeah, last it, I, I looked in that kind of Northwest entry space. Hmm. And then um, I think I saw some of the ones from 
the NASL era that must have been on loan either from Washington Legends of Soccer or the people who are actually the legends of soccer who have held on to some of those NASL trophies after the team collapsed. Well, um, I, I can tell you what the, I don't think there were any of the NASL trophies were there, but what they did have is they had the 94 A-League trophy. They had the 2008 or 2019 GA Cup trophy. Yeah. Uh, they had the, uh, the 2007 Commissioner's Cup, which I think is the actual Commissioner's Cup, which I think was only awarded for five seasons Uh, And I think was last awarded in 2008. And so I've been trying to actually figure out how the Sounders came to possess this trophy. Although maybe 2007 was the last year and they were just the last team to have it. But no one, I asked Adrian, I asked Frank, uh, and neither one of them were a hundred percent sure where that trophy came from. And then, and then there was. That was in Taylor Graham's closet, I bet. Maybe and then just like the reverse of losing the Heritage Cup, they just like gained a trophy somewhere along the line. Right, exactly. And then I think it was the 2006 USL uh, First Division trophy that was the, the other championship. One. Yeah, the one where they, yeah, yeah their last uh, USL championship. Uh, so, and I know that Alan Hinton has the Transatlantic Cup. I think is what it's called somewhere. I think that's what I heard. Uh, so maybe maybe he'll uh, maybe he's holding that hostage. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it was, I, I thought that was great. And then of course they had the two, they had, they had the four, uh, Western conference trophies. They had the four open cups and then they had the two MLS cups. Uh, so it's not even like all their trophies, which I thought was even more impressive. Uh, it was just like a bunch of their trophies. Uh, it was did, missing. Did they have, oh, you're, you're about to go through the, mission. no, no, no. I go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, I was wondering if they had Ezra Hendrickson's Western Division Championship USL trophy. Um, no, I did from, not see that one. Oh, goodness. It, there was, it was from the MLS Reserve League, not oh. the USL League, but in the MLS Reserves, Ezra took home a, uh, a Western Division Championship. Nice. Um, and I remember that was like one of his, like, uh, because he, he is uh, through all the interview processes when he didn't get one, he'd list off like all of his trophies. That was one. Um, of them. Yeah. You'd see like his account would go from locked to unlocked. And when it went unlocked, it was like, Oh, words out that he didn't get the job. And then he'd be like, <laughs> uh, look at all this hardware that I've got. And like, dude's got a lot. Yeah. He, so, he's, he, he has won a lot of trophies, uh, maybe more than anyone else in MLS history. Um, cause he was on a lot of open, he's got like a ton of open cups. Uh, anyway, we don't, we're, yeah. we're getting a, we're getting far afield here. Uh, but what was missing? Uh, the 95 a league trophy, the 2003, uh, USL trophy, the first one, whatever the first one, Brian won. Oh, two, uh, that one was missing. And then of course the supporter shield isn't there because it's a, the, the supporters, uh, council doesn't let teams reproduce it which is fine uh but that wasn't there uh but yeah so there's there were some some trophies missing uh they all i don't know if they got a trophy for being in the soccer bowl uh but they were in two different soccer bowls which i think would have come with some sort of conference title uh so they theoretically could have had those but yeah it was i was i i was very i suitably impressed 
I thought, um, you know, my, my estimation, I'm guessing they're going to end up spending probably something like $60 million on this thing. Uh, but that's without having to build an office. Uh, they're, all the offices that are on the property now are being repurposed, which I find uh, fascinating and super encouraging. Uh, I got to talk to uh, the chief financial officer for the Sounders named Tom Riley, and he was saying how originally they had thought they were going to have to build something from scratch on the west side of the campus. And once they looked at the property, they realized, like, why would we do that when everything we need is right here? And uh, and they and we Beth and I got a tour of the building where Ooh. the Sounders are going to be. And it's a it's a beautiful building, especially for one that was built in 1993, I believe. Yeah, it has a lot of like traditional office elements. Like there's a room full of cubicles that apparently will become a locker room at some point, but currently yeah. is just cubicles. But it also has a lot of like really interesting design elements with like all of the glass in the atrium. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this cool tunnel thing you can look through on the roof. Did you do like, that? Uh, the fin of an orca. No, I didn't. Oh. Yeah, they got to call that an orca later on. I feel like they really have to brand it like that. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Also, apparently there's like a really fancy elevator. I think they should keep the super fancy elevator. Yeah. Considering the uh, the way that that building looks out over what will essentially be parking lots and fields towards Tahoma, um, I love that they're using that building with that atrium where it's like, anybody who enters that building because i don't think they're taking the entire building over no they're not they're only going to be they're in like taking a the entire entry over uh, yeah. <laughs> which is going to be pretty awesome because some office resident is going to be like yeah come down to our office oh yeah it'll be confusing there's a bunch of sounder scarves on the wall and it's all like bright green and then you take a right and yes that's our dentist right yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I think it's going to be, I'm, I'm really excited. My, my big idea that I'm hoping to gain, hope gain some traction is I want the Sounders to go down 99 by the Spencer's sport house sign, which is this beautiful sign that is at the last location of the Schmetzer sport house, which was a sporting goods store. If you don't know, and make that the pro shop, like use that sign, call it Schmetzer's sport house and have a, a pro shop there. 365 uh by the by the business from uh schmetzer's brothers and uh i think this is a i think it's like an easy win i i think it's much better or even just call it sport house like that would just do the whole thing because i mean you know the one of the dirty secrets about about brian schmetzer and mls is that he's the second oldest of the uh head coaches in the league um so in two years when they open up this whole thing, is he going to be the coach still? I mean, that'd be eight years, I think. Well, yeah. Maybe. How dare you year. put that out there, Dave? Yeah, Dave, what are you no, saying? What are I you... want to think I... about that. The man deserves to retire. Yeah, but not now. <laughs> He's not... On his own choice. Yeah. Well, okay. no, but not now. Do... He can and make that there's... choice later. There, there's no salary cap, so they can, they can buy his old business from his family. Yeah, and it's not like that's an MLS shenanigan or something that they're going to get in trouble for. So right. it's a great idea, Jeremiah. You Thank should you. Uh, Thank you. you should bill them twelve dollars. Yeah, I'll bill them. That's for sure. After, uh, so after Brian retires, he can go run Schmetzer's Sport House at Sounders FC Center at Long. Maybe Ingers. he'll just be working the desk. Yeah, can you, <laughs> just be hanging <laughs> out, just ringing people up. 
Exactly. Uh, so the other element of this announcement, which was a little bit more of a surprise, is the Sounders' announcement that they are going to start, that they have started the process of exploring their visual identity. That does not necessarily mean that they are changing it, but they, my suspicion is they're going on this process with the intention of changing it, but they're it soliciting like a process. If you weren't intending on changing it. Well, I mean, I, I guess what they're a lot of work for nothing. It would be a lot of work, but I think they are open to the possibility that their fans love their current brand so much that they are, that they, they, they would be crazy to change it. Uh, I don't think that's what the result of this will be. I don't think the Sounders are anticipating that result to happen. Uh, I had a really good conversation with Taylor Graham about uh, why they're doing this. Uh, it, hopefully you, you've listened to that. It was, it's on this podcast feed. Uh, and if you haven't, I would suggest going to listen to it. But I thought he made a really compelling case uh, around the idea that the current visual brand was designed almost explicitly uh, in disregard to the Sounders historical legacy uh, that that MLS in particular was had to be convinced that the Sounders name even needed uh, should even be kept. And that when they put the logo together or the crest together, that they, they ignored basically all the historical elements of, of the Sounders brand. And, uh, and that it's not meant to be evocative in any way of, of former Sounders brands. And in fact, they wanted to distance themselves from, they didn't want to be seen as like a, as a minor league club. And so they actually were trying to diminish it as much as they could. And, and the Sounders have since then embraced their history in a way that I don't know that a lot of teams even can, because the, sound, the reality is the Sounders have more history than any other soccer team, any other MLS team in, uh, in existence. And, and they've really leaned into that. And they, they are planning all of this around the 50th anniversary of the club uh, in 2024 and I find this to be a really exciting endeavor. I'm, I'm like pumped. Uh, I don't, maybe that makes me a, a rube, but I'm like really into this whole process. I think this is great. I, I think that it's a really exciting thing for, an, an, especially in an organization that is not in need of a rebrand, uh, that they're doing this from a position of strength. They're relevant. They aren't trying to like grab attention. They're just doing it because they really feel it's important to do it. One of the things to remember uh, for, I don't think either of you were uh, even in the area when the team launched, is that when they were going down that path of ignoring all their history, they did a, a poll and they spent money on this, uh, this fan poll. They had registered the websites for the other names. They had trademarked the logos. They had trademarked the names. Uh, in fact, Sacramento Republic at one point had to pay the Seattle Sounders to be called Republic because they spent real money on names that weren't going to be the Sounders. And then the fans made it very clear that it needed to be the Sounders in some way or fashion. And they listen. And frankly, if the fans make it very clear that everything about the double shield in Space Needle can stay exactly the same, they'll listen because they, they did that last time when they didn't yeah. have the fan base as large as they do. I don't expect the fans will do that. I think 
it'll go somewhere from minor changes to major. And we'll have to see what that is. At the same point, they're not going to make the mistake of uh, abandoning uh, the history of a club that has four Open Cups, one Supporter Shield, two MLS Cups, two other MLS Cup appearances, some Western Conference titles, a bunch of CCL appearances, the League's Cup final. Um, it, and it's hugely popular. And it's and it's not just like they have this rich sporting. It's The team is very popular. Uh, you know, I, I was told that they had their highest ever highest ever uh, season ticket renewal rate. Now I'm sure that's coming from a lower base than it has been in previous years because they, I'm sure they lost a fair number of season ticket holders after 2020 when no one could use their tickets, but uh, maybe they, I don't know, maybe they didn't um, because they, they did a good job of crediting everyone there. So maybe people rolled that over, but uh, it's a hugely popular team right now. It's like, let's not forget that this is a team that has something like 30,000 season ticket holders. And even last year when they, their attendance was way down. They still drew over 30. They're drawing a well over 30,000 a game uh, for all the games that were uh, open to fully open to fans. So it's, it's not like they're in desperate. This, this is not the Chicago fire begging people to pay attention to them, I guess is my point. Yeah. And I the think- TV ratings are good. Yeah. Like um, even, you know, merchandise still continues to sell the rumor. I've heard rumblings that the third kit, um, they they're one of the clubs that's uh, likely to get the third kit authorization back that had specific financial metrics that had to be hit. And, and the Jimi Hendrix back. kit was one of the most popular MLS kits ever. Yeah. So you don't want to stray too far from what's re- working really well, but if you can find a way to mix in what's been working with that history, if we mentioned Schmetzer's old trophies, um, Hinton's old trophies that you know the eras of this club have has the other eras have success too so if they can find a way to to merge um a cartoon whale and weird waves and teal and purple with rave green and blue well done <laughs> what were you gonna say beth yeah i as much as i love the current crest and i think we talked about that a lot last episode we did. um I, I'm not too worried about what the outcome of this is going to be. And I think you can see the difference between what the Sounders are trying to do and what the Chicago Fire and the Columbus crew were trying to do in how they're kind of situating themselves in this situation. With Columbus and Chicago, it was very much how can we take the brand that we have and make it global, which is just honestly like the kiss of death if you want to have something that your fans care about but they were very like focused on like global making it bigger and better I mean I think a lot of what the Sounders have said about what they want out of this is to make it feel even more local yeah more connected to the past and more local and I feel like you can't really go wrong with that like there's there's just there's not a lot of ways to like completely alienate giant portions of your fan base if like you make it more like realistic and more um targeted to who your fans are like that just doesn't seem like it would be a bad like ending i i i totally agree and i think that's an, a, a great perspective on it um you know i i it was a few years ago i remember the the sounders someone with the sounders was talking to me about how everyone is talking about how to turn like you said like they're trying to tr- make their names more global and the Sounders don't have like first of all the Sounders have a great name recognition. I think they they understand that 
uh, both nationally and and to the degree that any MLS team has relevance uh, globally. I think the Sounders probably uh, rank well there. Uh, but what the Sounders, I think, have long understood, maybe not from the beginning, but certainly for at least 10 years or so, is that Seattle is deeply relevant and leaning like the best thing you can do is lean more into the Seattleness of what of what they are, because that's what makes them different. That's what differentiates them from everyone else. That what that's what makes them not just a generic MLS team, but like something that's unique and special and worth celebrating and worth getting excited about and worth investing a bunch of money into a, a training facility for. Uh, so it's like, I, I think this is a really exciting time. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the next two years brings. Uh, Do you want to play a game? Yeah. I want to play a game. Okay. Um, the game is name your top two non-negotiables from the current Sounders brand identity. The Would names, you like me to go first? Yes, you go first. Okay. So I think the things, the top two things that I want to keep are Rave Green. I feel okay. like it's become such like an iconic part of their identity in MLS that I think getting rid of it, even though it's like not historical in like a further past MLS sense, I think getting rid of it would be a mistake. Okay. And it's fun. Um, my second one is the name. And you might be saying they're obviously not going to change it from the Sounders. But on the, Mar- the March to the 50th little fan survey, um, they have a bit that's like, would you want to drop anything from the name? Like, is it Sounders FC? Is it Seattle Sounders? Is it like any weird conglomeration of those things? And I think they should keep it as is. I like Seattle Sounders FC. I like how you can shorten it to Sounders FC. I like how you can call them the Seattle Sounders. I think keeping Seattle in it is important. So those are my two. What do you guys got for me? Well, I was going to go in a slightly different direction, but similar. I, I don't mind the FC part being dropped in part because I feel like we call it, we call them the Seattle Sounders on our website. And I feel like that's what most people refer to them as, but you make an interesting case that I think it's weird because I think the team's been going the opposite way. I think they've been defaulting to Sounders FC. Because I'm like, which one is? Would you rather have Seattle or FC? I feel like I would rather. Have I'd much Seattle. rather have Seattle than FC. Yeah, but I'd like them both. I'm. Yeah, yeah I like. I think oh, it's called yeah. soccer. Right. Yeah. Not this I, argument again. I know. I, I think the FC. I, I think the other thing that kind of bugged me about FC is that it was an effort to differentiate itself from the sounders of the past. And, uh, and I think that that was like one of the things that always bugged me about it was just that it was, it was this thing that was added on purposefully to be like, no, it's a different, it's a different team. Uh, but I, I would be, I, I am, you're, you're maybe convincing me that the, uh, the full name is worth keeping because there is some, flexibility in it uh the other thing i want to keep is a double shield no i'm joking that's the no, worst part that. of it <laughs> the double shield oh man you know i found i was reminded today in talking to our friend frank that i had that i don't think most people even realize that the double shield had a meaning until the community trust rip r.i.p the community trust uh was launched and they're like no we're using the the community part of the shield. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The community part of the shield. It's like, Oh yeah, there's two shields there. One of them is something. And the other one's community. I don't remember what the other one was for 
This team remember? loves their like pillars and things. Yeah. We really like if we can put a set of words into something, we're gonna do it. Yeah. Uh putting a though, but having a wood mark on top of two shields is hilariously busy and like ridiculous. Okay, so that's not your second non-negotiable. So what the, is it? My second non-negotiable. I so I think the colors blue and green are really important. I'm less wedded to the idea that it needs to be rave green and blue as like dominant rave green and secondary blue. How would but you I like I them do... from the Seahawks? Well, that's I a good like point. That's a very good point. In the green and blue sports in Seattle market, like no, you're right. That's a very. I, I actually, I. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not as wedded to the rave green, but I I am very 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 uh open to the idea that it's iconic and therefore and it may be the main part of your your current brand and maybe it's the it, like aside from the name. I I would have no problem keeping the colors. I'm I'm not going to I'm certainly not going to try to overrule you on that one. Okay, Dave. Give me your top 2 non-negotiables. Uh I'm with you on rave green. Hell yeah. Uh, and I think one of my non-negotiables is something that isn't part of the current crest, but was part How of How does that the, work? Well, I'll try to get there. Um, <laughs> I need something that has uh, the majesty of our natural environment as part of it so this isn't necessarily a, n- a non-negotiable that you won't let change but this is an addition that you want to see yeah it, it's an absolute hearing? must happen uh, i'm actually with dave it, here it could be waves it could be orcas it could be salmon it could be a mountain range it could be a specific mountain um but one with the clubs uh talking about pillars with one of their social pillars being the environment two with literally the name meaning the people of Puget Sound or this space that makes us unique. Um, something that embraces that. It doesn't have to be the cartoon orca, but it doesn't have to be Mount Rainier. Um, but I think that there is something from the elements of our natural environment um, that has to be part of it. Uh, and I don't know how to add that. Maybe it's a, eliminate one of the shields and put them out in there. Maybe it's uh, eliminate one of the shields and put uh, Puget Sound there. I mean, I, th- I feel, I feel I like feel like eliminating both shields and starting over from scratch is a perfectly acceptable way to start this process. I feel like Maybe I it's would just... want waves over mountain because I feel like waves do connect back to the history of the Sounders kind of branding as well as the natural beauty. Maybe it's use the 2012 to 2018 Sounded Heart logo. <laughs> That's the answer. I mean, With the I will say the three waves. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I will say I like, I do really like the idea of incor. I, I think that's probably something I really, really want to see is some sort of natural element uh, incorporated into the into the crest. Um, because I I agree with you. I I really and I, I guess my other non negotiable and this is sort of an element from the crest, the current crest. The one thing about the current crest that I like is that it's instantly recognizable as the Sounders crest. And that's because it's shaped like no other crest. Now, I think the shape sucks, uh, to be frank. Oh, God, it's so bad to like draw or paint. It's, 
yeah. the amount of times I've struggled with that. Oh, I, I think, I think one of the, th- this was put to me very eloquently. I, I just had this conversation with Frank, so I keep referencing it, but he made a comment that uh, the best crests are ones that kids can draw basically from memory. And that doesn't mean it looks like we don't, it's not, doesn't have to be like simple, but it should have a, a, a shape that is easily memorable. Which uh, means it shouldn't be a circle because no child can draw a good circle. Right, exactly. And I, and I guess my, my point the, where I was getting to is that the crest should be a unique shape, but not a circle. Yeah, I would agree with that. I love how like visually different our crest is. Yeah. And I do hate all of its weird angles. And I don't know why there's so many lines. Like there doesn't need to be that many lines. Um, but yeah, I would be very upset if it was a circle, I think, at this point. Yeah. Like I feel like there's obviously that's like optimized to take up the most space and like it looks best on social stuff, but like does it look good on a jersey? No. Is it fun? No. So like why would you do that? So uh before we we log off today, we should mention that there was a game yesterday. <laughs> Was there? <laughs> there was a competitive game that we finally got to watch. Uh, I and like I didn't. There's, I don't I know how much there's to say about it though. I wouldn't have been upset if I didn't get to watch that match. Like was, with the preseason games, I was like, "Ugh, wish I could be watching this right now." But like hindsight, I would have been fine if that one wasn't broadcasted. It was real boring. It it was not the most exciting match. Ended at zero zero. Uh, I I understand why a lot of Sounders fans are frustrated with that result. I, I will just add that I, I think it's a, an acceptable result. Uh, not, not the ideal result by any stretch, but if you can go to Honduras under any conditions and get a shutout, I think you have to feel reasonably good about that. Uh, you know, the Sounders didn't look sharp. I don't know that we should have expected them to look sharp. I, I was very excited about them coming into this season with all their, all their pieces in place and ready to go. And unfortunately, that's not quite how it worked out. There are a lot of pieces that are not ready to go. Uh, most notably, Xiao Paulo did not play in this game. Nuhu never got to train with the Sounders. Uh, but Nuhu's ready to go. But Nuhu was, was like ready the, to go. Right as a spot of that match somehow. Uh, how many minutes did he even play? It couldn't have been that many. I think he played 25. Okay, well, they were the most exciting 25 minutes of the match by far. You know, we started a seventh or eighth string defensive midfielder uh who's only 16 on the road in honduras and he was uh, kind of fun though honestly. third, third string, string left, left back. back you know and frankly both of those could be ready both those guys could be ready next week like Cal paulo isn't injured he just wasn't around for fitness so right. he Neither could be a starter who. next week knew who will definitely start next week so you know there's a lot of reason to hope that the actual starting 11 will be around for either the CCL or, and, or the season opener. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think what gives me encouragement about that result is that there was nothing that happened in that game that makes me think Olympia or uh, Montagua will be more dangerous in Seattle. And at least the, in the Olympia team, I think showed that they were capable of scoring against us. And, and so that should have been some pause for concern. And they, they ended up scoring four goals against us over two legs back in 2020. Uh, I, I did think that Montagua looked was more physical than I had anticipated. They were 
more, more of an athletic team than I had. They, they were much bigger players than I had anticipated, but nothing about them makes me think that the Sounders should struggle. Now they did come closer to scoring a goal than we did. I think though. I mean, they hit the, they did hit the crossbar. We did not hit the crossbar, but we all, I think our, I think we had the best chance, which was Albert Rusnak's yeah. uh, shot from 10 yards out that I think took a deflection, but would you um, have rather had the result that we had zero, zero draw or Albert's goal goes in and the goal in the cross off the crossbar goes in. And so it's one, one. Well, one, one is objectively, one, one would have been a lot better. Yeah. One, one's objectively a better result. Cause you have that road goal to fall back on. Uh, but I think I'm, I, I think I'd probably feel slightly better. Uh, and I guess in that scenario, we would have come back from one zero down. So I guess I would not have felt like we'd drop points in that scenario. So, I mean, there's a lot of results that would have been better than zero zero, but all things you take the whole package and I'm not, I'm not finding myself too discouraged by the result. Now, if they go out against Olympia and go zero zero again and not have Olympia, uh, when Tagua <laughs> said that too many times, That'll be a bummer, obviously. Uh, but I mean, what I'm, I'm not, I'm not free. I'm not pulling my hair out over this one. I'm going to quote myself from the intro Good. to the Sounder at Heart podcast. The Sounders are fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. This isn't a oh my god kind of situation. Things are fine. Like yeah. they didn't do good. It was just fine. It had very much like Houston in July on a Wednesday vibes, where you're like. I don't really want to watch this, but it's happening. So I will. Yeah. In every game in Central lose. America. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I agree. I think that's a good way of describing it. And maybe that's a good place to end on because I know Dave has to get out of here. And uh, I think we've now, exa- we don't need to dwell on this game. There was so much more interesting stuff going on. Nothing happened. There's nothing to talk about. Right. Uh, so with that, I'm going to log off. I'm Jeremiah Shan. Joining me today was Beth Mantle and Dave Clark. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast, and we'll catch you next time.